Welcome to On the Bobble Podcast, episode 50. I'm your host, Sebastian J. Wade, and with me is my co-host, Yuki Lee Bender. And today we're going to be doing a Bright Lights draft guide for the ProQuest season. Uh, I know that the ProQuest is going to be starting up this weekend, and there's just like no way we can pump out three episodes of all of the hero breakdowns before the PQ season. And I know a bunch of people is like looking forward to our, you know, draft breakdown video. Let's basically like smush all of that together and talk about the really like basics of the basics for the drafts of the set. But um, before we that we do that, did you do any drafts this week? I'm trying to think. I've done three this week and two last week. I think I'm at like five or six drafts total, something like that. Maybe six drafts total now. Okay, yeah, then that's very similar to me. I'm also in, uh, I also done draft number six. Uh, all of our armories this week is uh, CC for us, and draft was all last week, so. Oh, and I did one crack shuffle and play. How, how did you find crack shuffle play? I found it really fun, actually. Crack shuffle and play was very close to the actual, like, sealed format. The difference is that, like, Sometimes there are like a little bit more bad items or a little bit weirder yellows in your deck. So a lot of the games did come down to fatigue, but like honestly, it's it kind of felt similar. So I think it's a uh, crack shuffle and play is a good way to introduce people that you don't actually need the sealed like deck building portion or the uh like the drafting portion for the actual draft. So like if there's a new player or a couple of new players that you want to introduce, I think Crack Shuffle and Play would be a good way to introduce them to the game. Yeah, I agree. I think it's nice as like an intro thing. I feel like for more experienced players, I'd rather just do sealed because because of the like bad items and awkward yellows that you mentioned. I definitely um, I played one with, with my girlfriend and she had like, 12 no blocks in her deck i just destroyed, i just killed her like i just ran her over she's like huh my hand doesn't block <laughs> mm, that's fair that's fair maybe it depends on your pool i don't know <laughs> yeah i think it really does depend on the pool but crack shuffle and play is exactly where i learned that evo facebreaker is a broken card my opponent just like evo facebreaker to me prevented six damage and then like proceeded to boost four times and i'm like oh I lose. And like he was, I don't think he was a new, new player, but like he was kind of new. He was on his way to getting completely fatigued out. And I was playing Teclo Vesson. And he's just like, evil facebreaker, boost, 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 boost. And I'm just like, well, I got to give you my whole hand. I got to give you my whole hand. got to give you my whole hand. And then I'm just like, wait, I'm like behind in cards now. I just don't have enough cards to fatigue you anymore, and I am dead. Wow, like, that that one card is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I actually played uh, with Evo Facebreaker yesterday. The card is very, very, very broken. <laughs> I think I had a 22 or 23 damage turn with it. Just disgusting. Yeah, the card is, card is unfair. I think out of all of the cards in the set, do you agree with me that Evo Facebreaker is the best limited bomb in i think it might be the best limited bomb of all all of flesh and blood definitely up there it might be up there with like blossoming spellblade for me it, it probably asks a little bit less of you than blossoming spellblade but has a similar ceiling mm, that's fair you know what that's fair yeah, this card this card only asks that you play max and that's about it y yeah yeah agreed play max 
maybe consider putting a hyperdriver in or you know just don't and you're you're still like it's still an amazing card yeah you naturally play it and it's fine yeah well let's move on with with our draft guide let's uh, start by talking about which i put quote unquote generics you want let's basically we're just going to be talking about cards that are shared between all three heroes that are that are good in this set like Cards that you want to be looking out for, cards you want to be, not a signal, but like, definitely you should be picking up earlier than any other card in the set. Yeah, the way I kind of think of it is like, there's, and we'll get into that uh, maybe a little bit today, and uh, certainly as we get into our uh, hero-specific podcasts, but there, there's certain cards that like fit really well in a particular hero and are worth picking up early if they're powerful enough, but most of your other cards you want to be these kind of like quote-unquote generics that fit into every deck and just kind of both keep you open and build a good foundation for a deck because i think most of your deck is made up of these cards and then you'll have like a little bit of some of the other pieces that those heroes are really looking for and that's sort of like how i've been thinking about the draft format so i think that these glue cards are sort of like every deck wants them having them makes your deck much better and you need to prioritize them because again every deck wants them yeah i think you said that way better than i can just to start it off this conversation a generic rule that i think we can follow that's not similar to any other set in flesh and blood so far is the rares in the set are just significantly better than all the commons yeah i think that is pretty much universally true there aren't many rares that i would consider bad there's like a few like awkward ones like your blue firewalls not a high pick like blue gigawatts not a super high pick but they're still playable but for the most part like like some of the awkward items and stuff are like maybe not great in every deck but pretty much all the rares have something powerful to do in the set and many of them fit into multiple decks I think we can just go and talk about the two cost boost cards. Uh, for example, there's a card called Spring a Leak. That's a rare. It's a two cost for five attack boost. And it says, when this card hits, take control of target opponent. Sorry, target players. Let me, let me no. put the card. One, one second. It says, when this hits, remove all steam counters from an equipment, item, or weapon. The opposing player controls so you can take it off their like cogwork space armor if they have it um, against dash io you can take off all her counters on her weapon you can remove counters from hyperdriver for max and just kill it spring a leak is really good notably it like doesn't have that much text against teclovosin but it does against the other two heroes and it's still just a two for five boost which as we'll talk about is a, is a good card so uh spring a leak is just like super super premium Oh, I've, I've had a moment where Springle Leak was really good against Teclo Vosin. My opponent put a steam counter on their uh, overload script, and then I attack with the Springle Leak, and then they're like, no, I have to block the Springle Leak. But then they wanted to keep a four-card hand to use for their overload script. So I basically forked them in a spot where they had to block out the Springle Leak and only come in with one overpowered instead yeah. of two overpowered cards yeah for sure it, it definitely can come up but i think it it generally has more text against dash and, and max oh yeah against dash with if they have like two or three counters on their symbiosis shot whew, they can't they can't let this hit yeah it's a little bit gross 
So that's an example of a rare that's just like significantly better than these counterparts. But in this set, there's a lot of different two cost for five boost cards. Which one is your favorite two cost for five? I mean, I think at rare, it's I think it's got to be Spring Elite if we're counting the rares. But I think beyond that, Jumpstart might be my favorite if it's early in a draft. It's just a two for five boost. But if you control a hyperdriver, it's a one for five, so it's just a zipper hit. I think early in, I think that jumpstart, where I'm at currently, I'm still kind of figuring out max, but where I'm at currently is I think jumpstart might be one of the biggest reasons to be max. I think that the, that it's just very good, um, considerably better than rev up, I think. And um, because of that, I'm kind of willing to speculate on jumpstart early. And then, um, but I think if I'm, know that I'm not max or I'm leaning away from max, then maybe some of the other options become better. Mm, that's fair, that's fair. I think my favorite is still going to have to be Lay Waste at common. This is the 2 for 5 boost. Uh, this is this, car- this card, sorry, this can't be defended by equipment. And just like as a rules, just a little rules reminder, equipment, any card that has a typing equipment can't block this card. So any main boarded equipment actions, uh, such as your evos, can't block this card either. And if you've upgraded your equipment to a action equipment evo, those still can't block. So a good, like, I would say about a quarter of the set can't block this card. And if you have cards like Boom Grenade and Boom Grenade or... I guess it's just Boom Grenade that, that's really relevant with this card here. Where if this card hits, then Boom Grenade will go off. And you can really create these awkward spots against all of the heroes that plays Evos that they have to block with the card they wanted to play and can't actually block with their Evos from hand and putting it to the graveyard to maybe scrap it. Or for whatever reason, if they wanted to keep their hand, like they can't. It's um, it's kind of insane in those scenarios. Agreed. Just like a reminder that anytime you remove the option to block, it's significantly better than like panel beater, which gives plus one when they block uh from with a with the Evo. I'm just mentioning this because I've heard a couple people, like a couple newer players, talk about it. And not giving the the option to block with that card is way better than just getting one extra value when they do block. So just as like a general rule of thumb, preventing them from blocking is like very very powerful text. I think the best way to think about that would be like Panel Beater is giving Evos minus one to their block value, whereas Lay Waste will give specific Evos minus three or minus two from them, which is just significantly better. Yeah, and they they can't even just like, they can't even block with it just to like get it out of their hand and then scrap it. Like sometimes you just get stuck with the card in hand. Like you wanted to play like a Junkyard Dog and you're just like, huh. I guess I have this zero cost Evo that like I have to arsenal now or something like it's just it's not great. <laughs> I've seen a lot of really awkward scenarios where the Teclo Vessen player has like triple Evo in hand and like just leaks like six damage that turn because they play outpace lay waste. Uh, outpace is the one cost version of the uh, same card. One cost four four and this is can't be defended by equipment. Uh, but yeah, if you can like chain a turn with only that line of text, it could really screw over Teclovas and pretty hard. And then maybe the last honorable mention for the two for five boost is uh, Overloop. 
uh, classic from Arcane Rising, which has on hit, it goes to the bottom of your deck, which is quite nice because um, it comes in for a breakpoint and fatigue is relevant in this format. Um, so just having a relevant on hit that potentially combats fatigue is is super, super real. And that two for five boost in your second cycle is very powerful um, if, if it does connect. I agree with that. I think Overloop is kind of sick. A lot of the games in this format ends up coming close to fatigue, and ha- making sure that you have like cards in your deck after is kind of sick. Definitely, and your second cycle often matters. There are some matchups that can be very explosive um, and can end very quickly, but but sometimes even those matchups get kind of grindy, where like you're both having to block and trade cards and. And then you do get to second cycle, which is pretty interesting. So before we go on to the one for four boosts, how do you rate the two for five boosts overall? Uh, we're kind of talking about them as generics. How important do you think two for five boosts are? And how do you compare them to like the one for fours? At this point in my drafts, I think the one for four boosts are more important than the two for fives. Just because if you're playing max or if you're playing dash you just want to be able to pitch a blue and come in for multiple boosts in a turn if you can and if you have multiple two costs you can't you can't play two two cost boost cards off of one pitch card so you always come into these like slightly awkward scenarios where you have to pitch two blues or like two cards to come at you come at your opponent with two two costs so i try to minimize the number of two costs but they are they're still fine like i would i would try and keep them i wouldn't try to put more than let's say like seven of them in my deck yeah i think i agree i'm generally prioritizing the one for four boosts especially in max and dash and then the two for five boosts are still good and you still want them um but but maybe in fewer numbers and and i think that the two for five boosts are quite good in Teclovosin because your leveler costs one and you can two for five boost into Teclo leveler for like a two card seven or when your Teclo leveler is leveled up enough you can leveler into two for five and no boost um, which is another two card seven but only takes one card from deck so I think in Teclo in particular the two for fives get like a little bit better but I would still play one for four boosts in Teclo as well I think that the two for fives are just like generically good because they still block for three no matter what um a lot of the cards in the set just end up blocking for three and then if they don't block for three they kind of tend to block for zero so it's like it's better than playing a no block is typically where I'm where I'm at right now man cards with a block value is kind of good <laughs> Yeah, and also just like the three-card hand of two for five boost into one for four, no boost, is really solid. It's a three cards from from deck and from hand for nine damage, so you're like totally on rate. But what's nice about it is with the five and the four, they can't really block it out. Like even if they give you three cards, they give you like two cards on the five, one card on the four, they're leaking one. So you're trading three cards for three cards and then they're leaking a damage. So you're coming out just like a little bit ahead in that trade. And so the that's like a really nice line as well. And, and that's part of the reason I think that these two for fives and these one for fours are just super important and high picks for every deck. I think one last note would be, do you like the yellow, like the two cost for four uh, at yellow strip boost go again cards like is are you actively playing these in your deck or are you trying to avoid the yellow ones 
I don't mind them. I think that having like a little bit of yellow in your deck can help with consistency a little bit rather than just being like all blue and all red. And plus you usually wind up with some yellows anyways. And I think that I like, basically I think I would take a red one for four or two for five over a yellow, but the yellow two for fours I think are significantly better than the, than the yellow one for threes just because they come in for a break point. So I do like them. I think of the yellow boost cards, they're probably the most playable, but they are they are not as high of a pick in general. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think uh, that's a good segue for the uh, one for four boost cards in the set. There's actually a, quite a bit of them. Out of the commons, which one is your favorite, the one for four boosts? It's close. I think it's probably Outpace, which we mentioned, uh, Legway's counterpart that prevents them from blocking... Uh, with equipment yeah same for me i'm i'm definitely playing outpace over all of the other one for four boosts but honestly like even if it's not outpace all of them's kind of good and i think a very special card right now or a card that i think is very very strong is a dumpster dive which is a one for four boost it says if an item or equipment was banished from boosting this this gets plus one power yeah, this is just in in Teclavosin especially, if you ever hit an Evo with this, it's just disgusting. Like you just like one for five go again and then you like essentially drew a card. It just feels so unfair. And and even like in Dash or Max, like just when you get that item and you get the free one for five, it's like pretty crazy. The the sick part with Dash though is that it's guaranteed that it's one for five when you know. Yeah, you you know you know when it's gonna happen if you if you don't want the item or you don't have the resources for it or something. Yeah, so right now I've been playing dash with like slightly higher numbers of dumpster dives, and I've been putting blue items in my deck with my dash deck. So on my second cycle, I know that if I pitch a red dumpster dive early, then I th- I know that after I draw an arsenal it, I can banish a blue item off the top with dumpster dive to make sure it comes in for one for five to hit better numbers. And that's been kind of powerful with, with dash where you get to banish items that you don't want to be playing off the top. If you can't, if you can avoid it, honestly, that's been feeling pretty good for me. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and then carrying on with the one for four boosts, uh, underloop. We mentioned overloop. Underloop is a one for four that goes to the bottom. Um, this might be even better than overloop, not only because we talked about the one for four maybe being a little more desirable, like you can have multiple one for fours and your hand's still good, um, but also because blocking out overloop, or sorry, underloop, just feels so bad. Like you never want to give two cards to this. I guess if you're playing like against like a dash or a max, and they have like the is it the Teclo base equipment? Whatever the Blade Break 1 equipment is, like that's a pretty good way to block this out. But outside of that, like Underloop is just... The on-hit is like almost impossible to block out, it feels like. You really do need like the Teclo base arms, the basically the Iron Rot of the sets. And if you don't have it, or if you don't have any of the uh, Evo Sentry base legs, things like that, like... This is going back into their deck, and they're going to play it again. It's... It's it's kind of gross, honestly. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Because like the overloop, you're kind of like, I can give two cards and block five. This is like pretty okay. Like maybe I lose like one value on my block, but I take like a whole like red card out of their deck. Like that's a pretty reasonable trade. But when you're trading like two value on your block, it feels 
feels bad. Like you can hit really hard if they start with an under loop and you just block six on it. Like you might get blown up for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a color of under loop I actually kind of like is a blue under loop. It's, it's one of those cars where it's just a good blue. It's like a, you need blue pitches in your deck. So you're in, you're going to be, and if one of them is under loop, if your hand just shakes out kind of bad Underloop is one of those cards you can come in for two and then your opponent now looks like has to decide if it's better like give you a card and like overblock this card or it goes to the bottom of the deck again. So like you can't fatigue them anymore. It's it's kind of I kind of like it that there's like a blue on hit in this set that like they have to block. And it's just a blue block three the rest of the time. So yeah, no, I agree. I've liked blue underloop as well. I think the other honorable mention for the one for fours would be drive through. Sorry, dive through data. Dive through data just says when this hits, opt one. I've liked this card in general. It's just like it's an on hit that your opponent just kind of doesn't care about. But then when it does hit, it kind of feels good, you know. Yeah, I think like in dash digging you towards an item or teclo digging digging you towards an evo is good. But also just like putting a red on the bottom of your deck is so good in this format. Like, just, like, having a good second cycle that you know is coming up feels so relevant. Um, yeah. Even in, like, Teclovosin, you put, like... Like, one of the ways I've been finding to get, like, an edge in, like, Teclomirrors is if, you're, if your second cycle just has, like, multiple, like, two for five boosts, like, red, and your opponent doesn't, like, you just run them over when you get to second cycle. You're just, like, seven you, seven you, seven you, and they're like, huh, what do I do? <laughs> I think the other part about dive-through data is that... You start off with dive through data, and if you like think if you're thinking about boosting for a second time, you look at the top card of your deck and it's a red. You just don't want to boost it away because so you can bottom deck it. It's like a natural thing you do, and it's like it's just like good for your pitch deck. It's good for preserving your deck. Or the other option is like you look at a blue card off the top or a yellow card off the top that's like you kind of just don't want, and then you just boost it away. And the best case scenario is like you're playing Teclovesson and you see an Evo off the top and you're like slam this back on the top on a, a happily attack with some like no value boost for, you know, boost for one for four or something like that or two for five, whatever it is. It's it's the dive through data is like your opponent still can't really respect it enough that they, they should be blocking it out. But then when it hits, they're just like it's it's such a good upside on it. Yeah, I agree. The, the upside has felt very 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 real in this format more more so than you might imagine so I, I agree i like dive through data quite a lot um i like it a lot more than like is it like medex to like put an item into play i feel like that text is like like it can matter and like when it matters it feels kind of bad but it's, it's sort of like i don't know medex i don't know how to uh to evaluate medex yet medex is interesting i've i've been in a spot where I'm just like, okay, I'll let medics leak one, and then I feel like I got blown out because they played the item off their hand, and they cranked it, and you know I got shot too many times off the pistol from dash, yada yada yada. Maybe this card's good in dash. Maybe you're supposed to arsenal this card in dash and wait until you have an item. That's kind of sick. Yeah, it's it's like all of these one for fours is like with the on hits is kind of sick just because like yeah when it hits and when you can do the thing that it's written on there it's kind of gross like all of them it's just kind of gross like underloop is kind of gross when they get the when they get to increase their deck size by one medex is kind of gross when they get to like crank an item off their hand 
dumpster dumpster dive is just a one for five, so it's kind of gross in general. Dive through data when it hits, you're just like your opponent sculpting their deck, so that's gross. You know what? I kind of think like you, you were talking about how Jumpstart was a two for five. This is like an honorary one for five, right? Like it's just like this is also like a one for four that's uh that gets plus one when if you have hyperdriver. That 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 is reasonable. I could see that. All right. <laughs> you want to talk about the zero for three boosts? I just don't want to play them. <laughs> kind of agree. I haven't been super high on them. I've heard some people talking about running them as like a way to adjust like your hand size and techlo and like small numbers and like maybe I can see that, but it's still just like a like like just like boosting this card feels bad because you're like trading two cards in deck for three damage. Um I think that interestingly they do have a small place in max. Um in again in like very small numbers. And I think that that place is if you start getting into the territory where there's like a few things. Like the first one is having cards like Big Shot, I think does incentivize you to have like a three for zero boost because you can do something like three for zero boost. You get two resources off your hyper driver. You can play a five for two boost and then you can pitch a blue and, and Big Shot. And that's really, really good. Um, and I've also liked the zero for three boost for letting you play pitchless sometimes. So you can do zero for three boost into like one for four, one for four once you get the double hyper driver going. So I think that having like a couple of these in max, especially if you have some of the finishers that want you to get to two chain link, uh, two, two boosts before playing them and they're like a three cost. I think it can be pretty good, but I don't think you want to prioritize them. And I think you want to play like maybe like two or three at most. I I kind of don't even think it's, I don't even want, like if possible, I want zero. Like I just, I just don't want any. I think all the zero costs boost cards that I want in my deck, even in the max deck are just the blue ones. Like not even the red ones, just the blue ones. And you can still do exactly the play that you were explaining, but with like, you can start off with like a blue data link if if that's what you have to do, right? Like, I feel like that's like a better way or like using your picks in draft is like, I don't really want to use my picks for a red zero for three. It's just like, no, 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 no. I, I agree. Like, I'm saying like, I think you can play them, but like, I would be hoping to get them like late, like, like after the wheel kind of a thing. Uh, and I might play like, a couple at most but I'm, I'm hoping not to play these cards and i think it's like only really just like mostly justifiable in max i don't i don't know about other decks i'm not really sold i think i do actually end up playing them in dash and in tech as well but typically what and the reason why they're in my deck is because i want more cards in my deck so i'll be playing yeah, exactly. over the 30 card limit and it'll be like Man, I had two cards left in this pack, and it was like a zero to fifty and some kind of bad item. So I ended up picking the zero to zero to fifty red because it was a three block instead of this no block item. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't think that they're like super high picks, but I think that they are like playable in small numbers in the right spots. Yeah, yeah. Finally, on the topic of boost, what about the three for sixes? Do you like the three for sixes? I think the three for sixes are very interesting. I like having red ones or the blue ones just at like very small mm -hmm. numbers. Yeah. They're fine in everyone. I 
kind of don't want them, but like I feel like they're better than the zero for threes because like you don't mm-hmm. have to boost this card. You can just like go like pitch a blue six. You can I have two cards from your hand? No. Okay, you take six damage. It's just like it's just like, kind of good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I've I've kind of liked it for that as well. I like them like maybe a little more in Teclo because I feel like you often want some more blues. And if you ever like if your opponent like kind of like tries to do some cute setup turn and you're just like. I'll take four, three for six boost, junkyard dog for seven. It's just like, oh man, <laughs> like you're you're really in for pain. So I, I've liked it as like a extra big attack in Teclo. I think that's like the best spot for it. And I agree you can play it in small numbers everywhere, but they're not they're not great. Like you just get so much more efficiency if you get to play like a two for five into a one for four than like like just having that flexibility is so good. Whereas like the three for six is like always a two card play and you can't like combo it with other things very nicely so yeah i I agree with you there i think the best way to think about the red three four sixes will be that if you're worried about fatigue or getting fatigued you do want some number of these so that your fatigue math gets better because this one you don't have to boost you pitch a blue and attack for a uh, one card six and like sorry one card from deck for six uh, that means that it requires two cards from your opponent's deck, uh, so you're up in you're up one card in fatigue math. So if a actual worry for your deck is that you're gonna get fatigued every single game, then having like two gas guzzlers will increase basically will pseudo increase your deck size by two. Um, so one for each gas guzzler in your deck if you end up playing them. So that would be just like the biggest reason of wanting multiple like red gas guzzlers or red big berthas in your deck agree with all of that and uh, agree with you saying that the the blues are pretty reasonable just because they come in for four power on your second cycle which is pretty relevant and i think that kind of segues us nicely to our next point that Maybe like the b- biggest rule of thumb that you can take away from all of these boost cards is your breakpoints are really important. You really want cards that come in for four and five, those awkward numbers. And I think it's like always true in Fab, but maybe more true in this set because A, almost everything blocks three or doesn't block, but there's like so many block threes in this deck. So it's never like they're never like using their two block and getting most of the value. Like you're, you're like the breakpoints are like really awkward because of all the three blocks. And also be like fatigue is so real. And every time you're either just saying like these breakpoints demand two cards or you have to leak some damage, um, you're kind of combating fatigue in that way. So so as a good rule for thumb, like any of your boost cards that come in for breakpoints are probably way better than the boost cards that come in for an even number like the threes or the sixes. Yes, yes, in, in multiples of threes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the multiple, yeah, yeah, the multiples of the three are like not so good, and the whereas like the fours and the fives are, I guess like the attacks that are seven, like the big attacks that are seven, are like significantly better than the big attacks that are six. Oh yeah, yeah. Let's uh talk about those very quickly. The um attacks that come in for seven. I think these are kind of premium. These will be the three four sevens. It's uh at common it's infused titanium and junkyard dog. Uh infused titanium is just a three four seven block two with galvanize, and junkyard dog is a three four six with scrap. And if you've scrapped a card, then it gets plus one. I think both of these cards at red are super premium. 
I kind of think everyone wants them. Um, Max is a little bit difficult to play these, but if you end up picking up some of the Teclo base, uh, so the Iron Rot equipment, you can definitely play Junkyard Dogs in your deck. Uh, just make sure you block with one of your um, Iron Rots early, then you can just Junkyard Dog for 7 out of nowhere. And th- that's, a kind of, that's a kind of turn where if you wanted to save your Hyperdriver for like a bigger turn, Junkyard Dog doesn't use up your Hyperdriver, so it's just a kind of a good a two card seven block for six kind of scenarios even at max actually every hero can do that and it's just kind of sick i like how you mentioned the the equipment like i think in this set it's we kind of mentioned it last week but it's really important to send those equipment to to your discard so that you can remember that you can scrap them and like that is even true for some of the evos which destroy a card under them to have an effect like the evo data mine for example when you destroy that card it goes to your discard and then you can scrap it even if it's just like a base chest that you otherwise wouldn't be able to get there and sometimes that can be like extra scrap fodder which which does matter in this format so make sure you're being you know paying attention to those little details and being uh like like playing through everything properly let's quickly talk about equipments that aren't actions so these are the cogworks and the techlo bases how highly are you picking these cards right now I'm kind of still figuring it out. I think in general, if I'm Teclo, I'm not prioritizing these. If I'm Max or Dash, I want these more. The notable exception that I will say, and I think like once you know that you're Max or Dash, having them is really powerful. Like having the extra blade break is really good. I definitely lost a Max Mirror um, last week where my opponent was just able to throw three Teclo bases in front of my Banksy, and like it was just so broken. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just like, wow, like I just lose because you just get to block my Banksy for free. Um, and that like completely decided the game. Um, so they are really good, but I think you really kind of mostly want them in Max and Dash. If you have like a maybe in Teclo, if you have like the instant speed uh, Evo, you can like block for one and then later instant speed evo onto it it's like kind of okay but but they're better in max and dash the one exception the cogworks chest that card's broken you should just pick cogworks chest it's it's insane the one resource is so good Mm, yep yep i agree with that the cogworks base chest is it's playable in everyone it's just like having that one extra resource when you need it and the only requirement is that you've boosted this turn it's such an easy requirement to meet yeah, like for me, this is like Sash of Sandakai levels of power, um, and that card was like slam first pick. Like, like I I would be very happy to first pick this card. It's just good in every deck, and it makes your deck way better. Like anytime this enables you to do like a whole extra attack you couldn't do or play an extra card you couldn't have played otherwise, it's just is worth so much. Yeah, I think I agree with that. The as you were saying, like if you're dash or max that you want these equipments, like just like the techlo base legs and the other cogworks parts, um, I kind of think that if you are max or dash, you do want to assemble all four if possible. That's that's at least where I'm at. Um, me and Lucas, uh, both are kind of high on dash right now. Basically, whenever we play the mirror. 
uh, we go, okay, equipment reveal. And I'm like, I have all four Teclo bases. And then he reveals three of them. And I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm significantly advantaged now in this, ma- in this mirror. And like, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny because like we've played like uh, two times where we're just like, I have four. And he's like, I have two. And I'm like, I have two. And he's like, he has four. And I'm like, oh. And then obviously the person with the more tech low bases is keep on winning the game because like it's just easier to block out the um block out the breakpoints. It's easier to block out boom grenades. It's just like the tech low bases in the mirror for the dash mirror is kind of important. And so is like against um against Mac, just having more tech low bases. The iron rot equipment is just super important. That being said, Teclovescent can't really pick these cards. So I think that you'll end up getting them kind of late too. Yeah, like you don't need to be like first picking them, but I think like often like maybe like pick like five or six, like in and around there is sort of when I'm comfortable taking them. Yeah, it also depends how good my deck is. Like if my deck is really good, like sometimes you're just like, the end of pack two and you're like i have like 22 sick cards like i'm just gonna aggressively pick equipment because like i'll fill out the rest of it like if there's like a premium card maybe i'll take that but like i'm gonna value that equipment way higher if you know that you're like way ahead on your number of playables Mm -hmm. yeah i think i agree with that and the one last note is cogwork base legs this is the one that gets you an action point if you've boosted this turn this card i think is kind of important in dash um, this is one of the cards I think that is not that good in Teclovesin or Max, but this card is really, really good in in Dash. There's just a lot of spots where Symbiosis Shot, which is the Dash weapon, has extra counters on it, and you end up in a spot where you end the game with like two Symbiosis Shot counters on it, and you couldn't ever spend it. And Cogworks Base Legs is is the card that allows you to spend that extra counters on your Symbiosis shot and to convert your hands to just like a cleaner damage output. And I think having a Cogworks Base Legs is going to be like a key factor in being able to win more games on Dash Database than than players without the Cogworks base legs. like, And I kind of, once I know I'm in dash, I'm kind of like, you know, if I see Cogworks base legs in pack three, pick one, I just like slam pick it. It's 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 that good. Yeah, I, I do want to say that um, I, I think that this actually is good in max, um, specifically if you have Ratchet Up as well. Uh, Ratchet Up is a one for five rare that um, if an item has been destroyed this turn, an item you control has been destroyed this turn, the opponent's um, atta- uh, action cards block for minus one. Sometimes this is like really awkward in Max because like often you can Banksy and like like the Ratchet Up's like better than the Banksy, but it's like not that much better, and you're spending a whole card for it. And I found like sometimes like the Ratchet Up was like a little bit awkward, but if you can do like Banksy and Cogworks Space Legs. Uh, into ratchet up it's like it's real good <laughs> it's real 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 good so um i think that if you have ratchet up in your max deck uh you like should really prioritize getting the base legs to combo with it mm, i see so if you can do on hit with the wait what so are you trying to ratchet up first it, the the order doesn't really matter it's just like 
What I've found awkward is that like you often want to be making the hyperdriver every turn, and then your Banksy is so efficient that like the ratchet up is like it's like good, but it's not that good. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like I could one for three, but like I guess I can keep this card to one for five with like that makes it like harder to block. Like it's like it's like good, but it feels a little bad because you're missing out on the Banksy value. But I've had it line up with Cogworks base legs where like I can do both in the same turn. I can like boost, make a driver, Banksy, ratchet up. And like that's a really sick turn. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Okay. It, yeah, it that just makes kind sense. of fixes your action points. And, and because you have the hyper drivers, I found you often have the resources to do this. Oh, okay. I get you. I get you. Yeah. Yeah. That, that does sound kind of good. Um, and maybe one more note about Max. The the base arms, I think, is very incredible in Max because it gives mm-hmm. your next mechanologist attack plus one. It doesn't have to be a weapon. And you can uh, make Banksy come in for four. And th- that breakpoint is just super relevant. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Cogric's base arms is, is, like the base legs is really good in Dash, I think the base arms is really good in, in Max. Yes. Um. What about the base head, the Cogworks base head? I kind of hate this card. I've come around on it a little bit. I think I think its best home is in Max. If your deck has a specific card to beat fatigue that you really want. So for example, if you're like trying to like bull bar your opponent or you're trying to like hydraulic press your opponent or like you have like some kind of like overpower attack that you're really wanting to like use as part of your anti-fatigue plan one of the things that feels really bad about max is you can just boost it away and having the insurance of just being like if i do boost it away i can shuffle it back in does feel pretty nice but i don't think it's a super high pick like i think it's like a a nice to have um that you can hopefully pick up a little bit late but i it, it's growing on me a little bit. I think that's probably the best use that I've found. I just don't like this card, even in Max, just because I've seen someone try that and then immediately boost away the same card that they shuffled in. And I was just like, what? Like, what? What? What does this Congress base head do? Because like, they're in the spot where they have to boost to keep their hyper drivers up, right? So like, it's not like they get to choose when to really use this card. They have to use it on a turn where they have a resource floating that they boosted and then they still have to keep on boosting to keep up hyper drivers and if they don't draw the card right away it's just it's kind of like this like weird situation where you can't actually keep this card until the very late game because it says you have to boost this turn so if you have no cards in your deck you can't activate this anymore because you can't boost anymore and then, but if you do it too early, then you can just like boost away the card that you want to draw again, anyways. It's, it's kind of funny. It's just like. I, I agree. It's definitely not great, but I think it is okay. It's like a I, I maybe like after the wheel kind of a thing. Yeah. I just kind of feel like I'd rather just have like a blue strip three block or even a yellow strip three block over this card. I think I agree. It's <laughs> yeah. like if, if the card I have to pick over this is going to be like a blue or yellow item that just is bad in my deck. Like, you know, yellow mini force field. Okay, cogger base like base head it is. <laughs> okay, let's uh quickly talk about pumps. The pumps that I want to talk about would be mainly the card I really want to talk about here is Gigawatt. Uh Gigawatt is a rare. I said they're gonna be boost pumps, but Gigawatt in specific is not it can pump any mech attack. Including weapons, actually. It's kind of funny. 
Gigawatt is a sick card. Not only can you pump Banksy, like the red one is a one for four. That it, it like so the way to think about Gigawatt is it's like a one for four boost that doesn't require you to actually boost a card from your deck, and you can like staple it onto something like Banksy that has an on hit, or onto like a Torque Tune and come in for like a three for ten with Dominate, which is broken. I've stapled this onto a Ratchet Up as well and just come in for nine and like all their things block minus one um gigawatt can do some really really powerful things and in the similar note the boost pumps like gas up quick fire recharge these cards can do very disgusting things in decks that aren't max for example my dash deck that i was playing had a combo kill where i was trying to play multiple recharges uh, into something like a one for four, like a fender bender. Uh, after setting up a overload script and putting a crank counter on, uh, sorry, and putting an extra counter on it, so then I can leave it up, arsenal the gas up, try and draw any one for four boost card, and go recharge, recharge one for eleven overpowered, and that's how I was winning all my games. Being able to set something up with like overload script or like even if it's like a is that the only card that can give overpower to your cards in dash? Not actually sure. I think overload script is the only card that gives overpower to other cards, but there are some attacks that have I guess like bull bar can get overpower and can boost. Oh, okay, I see, I see. I, I feel like I'm just always like picking up the overload script. I guess it is a common, that's why it's easy to get together. It, it is a common, so you can definitely do it. Um, and I think it's even playable in Teclo. I'm like not as keen on it there, but like you could do worse than this for sure. I think the big part of, of this is that because these cards don't require to bench the top card of your deck to get the power, it's just really good fatigue math. And fatigue is a real thing in this format. I guess we will talk about this um, right now. How many cards are you playing in your decks? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I just want to stop for a second. Because, like, you do need to, like, I just want to clarify, like, when Jay says that, like, if you're out of cards in deck, you can, like, gas up, boost, and get the bonus. But you do have to boost the card to get the bonus. I just want to clarify. Wait, wait, say, say that again? If you're playing, for example, gas up, you do need to boost the card to get the plus four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I'm, what I'm you don't have to, to have like, a card in your deck to to boost, but you do have to boost the card. Oh, you do need to have a card in your deck to boost. No, you don't need to have a card. Do you? Yeah, you do. It's an additional cost. As an additional cost to play this, you may banish the top card of your deck. Oh, and you can't play. You can't play it. You cannot pay the cost if you don't have a card on the top of your deck. You cannot boost. Jay, Jay is lying to us. <laughs> oh, sorry. I um. I, I mean, like, kidding. fatigue damage, you know? Like, gas up is a 1 for 4, go again without boosting. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, I thought you were saying that, like, you could play this without having to, like, boost a card from your deck, and I'm like, wait a second, that's not what these cards do. No, 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 sorry, sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I, I have bad vocab, you know? It's just, uh... Yeah. It's a thing. It's, it's, you have to boost, but in dash specifically, you can go something like gas up, gas up, under loop, and go, like... 3 for 12 boosting the underloop and then attack with the symbiosis shot for 2. Yeah. So yeah, it's, no, that, uh, that is know, really sick. 4 card 14 is just uh yeah. It's good. No, I, I I've liked the pumps. I'll say that like 
I think the total number of like items and pumps you can play in your deck is like somewhat limited because you don't want to end up like with a hand where you're like, I have like all items and pumps and no boost cards, or like I only have like a blue boost card. Like you, you can wind up in like really awkward spots. But I think having a few of them is very good. I've had a hand with like red recharge, blue recharge, yellow recharge, and item. Um, and uh, I, I, I lost that game. So. There is a there is a limit to how many you should play. <laughs> Personally, I've been playing in like I've been playing a lot of max lately, and I feel like I want like if my deck's like thirty ish cards, I want like six or seven of these like pumps slash items and not much else. Like beyond that, it starts to get like pretty sketchy in my opinion. It also like has the problem of like I guess the drawback of these pumps is that they're always a three card play. Like you all, like you need to have a pitch card, you need to have a card to boost, and you need to have the pump. And they block for two. So they do like kind of force you to play a little bit bigger hands, but they are very good in terms of fatigue math and output. Ooh, that's a... I think that's a good segue to just talk about that. Uh, I have a big note in this set. It just says, never let your opponent keep a four-card hand or you will implode. Um, it doesn't matter who you're playing against. If you just let a player keep a four-card hand for free, like, you don't even attack them and you just only use your turn as a setup turn, they will come back at you for, like, 14 or something, or 13, 12, just, just some ridiculous number. And, like, if you're doing a setup turn, I'm assuming you're trying to set up for a four- or five-card hand the turn after. And a lot of the times, if you're at, like, single-digit life totals, you're not going to be able to keep that hand. Um, if you let your opponent keep a four-card hand, it's very easy, unlike other limited formats, to convert your hand into damage. Yes, and I think that comes back to that idea of these like two for five and one for four boosts being glue cards, and why they're so important in every deck is like, like Teclavosin as like a like guardian of the set that can fatigue is really cool. But if you have no boost and all you can do is throw seven, like you're you're kind of like inviting your opponent to just like play a slow game, set something up and go way over the top of you. But if you're able to like instead say, if you're gonna take an off turn to really not do much, I'm gonna hit you super hard, the the game is very, very different. So I think that you really do want these boost cards, not only in the aggressive decks, but also in Teclo as like a a way to get aggressive if you're going second or you're given space. Yeah, like a Teclo Vesson that just goes like pitch a blue attack with under loop, and then you're just like, uh, block you block it, and then they just like play an Evo from Banish. After they blocking for six, it's like that's kind of gross. Like Teclovesson doing that kind of stuff, like actually applying pressure while boosting and then like playing Evos from their banish. That's just gross. Like let's let's be real, that's gross. Or even even if it's like a zero cost like Evo head or like Evo data mine stuff like that. If the Teclovesson goes like one for four boost, two for five boost, play the Evo from banish. That's just like. That, that's a gross turn. It's like you're getting hit for nine and they're evolving their Techlo Leveler. You're like that that's how Techlo Techlo Vessin like really runs away from the game too. So how many we've been talking a lot about fatigue being real, and uh, I wanted to ask you, how many cards are you playing in your deck? Does it depend on your hero, the matchup? What are you hoping to present in your deck card wise? 
recently, or at least currently, I've been presenting every single playable card in my deck. Um, so I would obviously be cutting cards that are like, if I'm playing Max or Teclovesin, I'll be cutting like the last pick items that I don't want in my decks. Um, cards that block for zero in Dash, I won't be playing. So something like Evo Buzzhide or Evo Whizbang, I won't be playing in Dash. But typically any card that I think has some kind of application in my deck or blocks for three, I would be presenting in my deck just in case the game goes to fatigue. Yeah, I've been also finding this. I think even though like, for example, Max versus Dash is often very aggressive and very explosive. You can kind of like wind up in this weird spot where you're like you both attack each other for like 15 to 18 damage and then you're both super low and you're just like trading small hands back and forth and you can't really kill each other because you're just trading. And uh sometimes just having more cards in deck is like a real big advantage in those endgames. Mm-hmm. The exactly in like those dash versus max matchup, sometimes cutting your two blocks might be a good idea, just so then you don't accidentally get into a spot where you get blown out, or like cutting an extra item as a max player against dash would probably be a good idea, so you don't have a hand where you can only block for six or something like that. So I would trim down on those matchups sometimes, uh, mostly the cards that don't block for three. But basically, any card that blocks for three will just slide into my deck just just because it blocks for three. Yeah, I agree. You can play like a couple items if they're really good ones, but y- you definitely don't want to have too many. They can get you in a lot of trouble against the, the aggro decks of the format. So I guess uh, like a general numbers would be in Teclovesin, I'm trying to present about like 38, I think. In Max and Dash, I'm presenting about 34. Um, and that's just the difference between me picking up the Teclo base, like the Iron Rock equipment, or not. And that's why they just like the Max and Dash decks are naturally just slightly smaller than Teclo Vest decks that don't actually pick up these like non main boardable equipments. Yeah, agreed. And sometimes in these Max and Dash decks, I'll have like a couple extra items that I can play into Teclavosin that I might be trimming into the aggro decks. They're just like a little too much of a liability, but Teclavosin, where you're expecting the game to go a little bit longer, sometimes those extra items can give you a bit of an extra runway and kind of help you grind the game out a little bit. So like your backup protocol reds, for example, I really like into Teclavosin, but I might be cautious about playing into uh, the aggro decks. Ooh, that's a good segue to backup protocols. How? Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Like this is my favorite item in the in in the set. It's um, I actually like this way better than Boom Grenade. I like it better than Hedron Collider. It's kind of close to Dissolving Shield for me now. For me, backup protocol red is kind of close to Overload Script. Like, and those are like my two highest picked items in my set in the set right now where do you put this card that's interesting i've not been i i think the card is quite good currently i've been getting it late so i haven't felt that i needed to prioritize it too much but i've really liked it for enabling like like i really like recurring like your rares like you just have like a really good rare and you can like make that rare your game plan by just recursively playing it over and over and over again and getting extra value that way so i've really liked them and they do enable some really powerful turns i don't know i found them like i've had them be explosive and good 
in aggro matchups, but I find I don't want, like, even in dash, I find I don't want, like, a whole bunch of backup protocols. Like, I think if I have, like, like, I might play, like, two, and more than that feels, like, a little slow, especially if you're drawing them. Like, when they're off the top, they're, like, pretty much always very good. But when you draw them, like, sometimes it can be just, like, a little slow. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I've learned that if you played six, it's kind of awful. Um, yeah. I've, I've had a deck with four red uh, four red backup protocol, a yellow backup protocol, and a blue pack backup protocol, and the deck was bad. I just kept on drawing only backup protocols and lost the game. But uh, I think I play about two to three in almost every deck at this point. The reason I like backup protocol so much is... This card is just like really good for your fatigue math math and max, and it's just really good for your fatigue math and dash. It's just like when you play it off the top and you pitch a blue, you keep the blue and then you get to replay a red from your graveyard, and it gets a counter on your symbiosis. So this card turns into a red card that you want to play again, and gets plus two damage from your symbiosis draw. So it's essentially like I I treat this card like a a head jab like a yellow head jab uh that lets you you know fish out a like a red pitched rare from your graveyard that you get to play again and that should and that rare should have more value than other just other cards in your deck so i just kind of like being able to replay my powerful cards and that's the reason why i like backup protocol red being able to play some of these cards lets me play more galvanized cards and I feel like being able to block for four with my galvanized cards while destroying items that I kind of don't care about if I get the, if it gets destroyed with galvanized kind of feels good too. Yeah, I have found galvanized to be quite good because you still get the two value out of the symbiosis shot. So I think that that does that does help them a lot. Um, I think I'm a little bit lower on them than you are, but I have I have liked them and I do think that they are very good. Wrap up with the top picks of the set. So what is your how do I how do I explain this, Yuki? So maybe we can just talk about kind of like our approach to the draft format and like what our high picks are. So the way that I'm approaching the draft currently, and I kind of feel like you're maybe similar, is there's some power cards that I'm willing to pick early, even if they commit me to a specific hero. And outside of those like really, really powerful cards, I'm looking to fill out my picks with a lot of the boost cards. And I don't even necessarily care if those powerful cards are for the same hero. I'll take like just whatever comes to me and then some boost cards and then kind of figure out which hero seems to be flowing from there. And I found that like buffering my picks with those boost cards just means like I have a really solid base and some good time to kind of read signals while I figure out like which lane is open for me. But the most important cards are these like power cards that often not always but often steer you towards a certain direction some of them are just always good but i think some of them also like put you in a certain lane yeah i think that's a good way of explaining that i think most of these cards on our list are rares right so i think the first card on our list here is hydraulic press we've talked about this card a couple times already this episode this is the three, four, six with scrap. And if you scrapped a card, this card gets overpowered. Basically, any card that has overpowered is a high pick in the set. Yeah. Pairs good with boom grenade. Pairs just is good for general fatigue math. Three for six is a good stat line. Hydraulic press is incredible. There's lots of synergy with scrap in the set. Uh, 
very, very good card. On a similar vein, Torque Tuned is very good. This is a two for six, where if an item's been destroyed this turn for you, uh, it has Overpower, and it has um, Galvanize as well. It blocks two. I would never want to block with this card with Galvanize. It's just like, if, if mostly the red one, oh man, if I've ever blocking this and Galvanizing, I'm just like, oof, the game's going bad for you, or you're just like showing off. Yeah. Agreed. You're hoping not to block with it, but but I've I've actually liked the blue. I've 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 had the blue sometimes as like a four power two for four that you can galvanize. Pretty good. Okay, you know what? That's that's fair. That's fair. Honestly, any any blue card with galvanize is kind of sick in the sense of like if you have items to blow up, you get to uh yep get a four block and it's that's kind of sick honestly in the set my favorite card in the set uh, this is a common this is my favorite item in the set it's overload script i talked about the uh backup protocols as being one of my one of my favorites as well but definitely better than that is the overload script and man we just keep on saying overpowered overpowered is probably the best mechanic in the set yeah it's super good it's stopping evos as well is like really 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 powerful um i agree i like overload script i don't know if i'm picking it quite as aggressively as you but i do think it's a high pick and i kind of hope to have like at least one kind of a thing i think in terms of items I know that you're, you mentioned you're a little lower on this, but I think I'm still pretty high on Boom Grenade, specifically the red ones. I'm not a huge fan of the yellows and the blues. And I think that, I think that some people are overvaluing this like a little bit. You can have too many Boom Grenades and not be able to push them through and it feels bad. But I think the first like one to two copies of Boom Grenade is pretty good. And I've been playing them in like more and more decks. Like I've I've been liking it in Max, at least into the aggro decks, is just like a like you you like I don't know, you boom grenade, one for four boost, trigger your hyper driver, um, and then like crank Banksy. And you just like put them in stuff at such a tough spot, especially if you've gone through their armor already, where it's just like they can't really like if they want to block it all out, it takes three cards. If they don't want to block it out, they're like taking so much damage. Like it's just I found that to be like super, super threatening and I've 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 liked it in small numbers as a way to grab tempo. I've even played it in Teclavosin recently if I have some access to overpower and and good enough boost. I'm happy to play it as like a one of as a way to grab tempo into the aggro decks. I guess like we talked about this before the episode started. Um, but the reason why I don't like Boom Grenade as much anymore is anytime the Boom Grenade gets stranded in your hand because you can't present the the breakpoints or because you know that your opponent can block it all out, it's kind of an awkward spot where if they block their whole turn, like if they use their whole turn to block out your Boom Grenade, they and if you're boosting, you're kind of down on like fatigue math. And that this card basically was a zero for zero, and you can come into you can get to these spots where if your opponent is thinking about fatiguing you, then they will definitely fatigue you out if you play too many boom grenades. And I've seen this happen. Uh, I've also seen it happen where my opponent played multiple boom grenades and they play like outpace, 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 and you know multiple boom grenades go off and you you kind of die but it it, it kind of works both ways and it's one of those like high variance cards where i think when it works out it's like kind of insane as like how do you ever lose 
And when it doesn't work out, it kind of is like the reason why you lost because you basically turned a red into a zero for zero, which is not the numbers you are ever looking for in deck. Yeah, I, I guess I've been liking it as a way to like force. I've been using it primarily as a way to force blocks and in like small numbers. I think you really don't want a bunch of boom grenades in your deck. Like again, like one I've really liked, maybe like two in dash I might consider. I've I've really I've like recently I've been finding spots in the like mid to late game where boom grenade is just like a way to say like you have to block everything I'm doing. You're going to give me your whole hand and then I'm going to make you block for the rest of the game and you're going to fatigue. And I've been able to set this situation up like multiple times and multiple different decks and i find it really good as like a late game pivot so that's sort of like how i've been using boom grenade and i've liked it to do that i think it has like a very specific role though i see i see i think that makes sense like if you remember earlier in the episode i said of, of a note of never let your opponent keep a four card hand if you play a boom grenade they never keep a four card hand so it's that's it's very good for that portion. Yeah, like I've liked it in the late game if you can like somehow take a pivot and go like, I guess it's a four card hand, but you do like boom grenade two for five, one for four, they block it out, and then you're just like, okay, now you're just gonna get like you're just gonna get locked out of the game because you're too low and you have to just block forever. Yeah. So if you're if you don't want your opponent to do that against you, and just don't let them keep a four card hand, and they can't do that against you, Yuki. It's true. <laughs> okay. Let's uh wrap up the episode. Just uh talk about the expected draft breakdown and then call it a day so like how many tech lovessons how many dashes how many maxes do you expect in your draft pod right now i think that there should be like two maxes in a draft pod for a while there was a lot of maxes and boy was that miserable drafting max i think you can i think you can like i think if there's like two maxes the maxes are decent ish if there's three maxes it's like pretty bad and then i think like I think Teclo can like comfortably uh, support three, maybe four, uh, depending how many Evos are opened, and and Dash is like, like two to three. I think ideally I want to be the solo max. Yes, agreed. And then if I'm Dash, I'm okay with sharing it with like two other people. So like three dashes, I think I'm okay with. Yeah, three is usually okay. And then Teclo Vessen just depends on how many Evos I get, honestly. So like some pods i've seen like five teclovescent pods where and, and like all the teclovescent decks are like kind of good and i've also seen like a pod with like three teclovescents and you know two of the teclovescents is really good and one of them just like didn't have enough evos so like teclovescent is very very dependent on how many evos gets opened up i think yeah i i definitely agree with that i think generally if you can get to like three evos and like 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 different slots so you can get the go again on your gun at some point in the game. You like probably can build a reasonable Teclo deck is like sort of my heuristic for it. Yeah, the only problem with that though is like if you only have three Evos in your deck, in the Teclo SMB year, it kind of comes down to who can put together their Evos first. So you always lose the Teclo SMB year if they have like seven Evos in your deck and in their deck and you only have three, you kind of get outraced. Yeah. No, I, I I agree. I think I think the fewer you have, the more you just need to have like an otherwise good deck with like strong boost cards and strong threats. And um, the more evos you have, the more reliably you can rely on Tekla Leveler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Well, uh, we're actually out of time. I know you have something to do, so we'll just wrap it up here. Call it a day. Yeah. So 
as always, thanks for listening. Hopefully you found this episode helpful getting ready for your PQs. Um, I'm really excited to talk with you about each of the heroes. There's just like, there's so much to dive into with this set. I think even after we do each of the heroes, we might still have more to talk about, honestly, in this set. It's just super, super deep. Um, I don't know about you, but like so far, this might be my all-time favorite limited set in Fab. I I don't know yet. I don't know yet. It's, at least from my, like our testing, Max is kind of weak, and I don't know why that's the case here, but it feels like Teclovesson like keeps on fatiguing out the maxes. We're having a hard time figuring out what a good max deck looks like. So yeah, it's kind of tough. It's it's if if Max is actually playable and there isn't like a strategy that Dash and Teclovesson can reliably do to beat Max, I think I'll like this format. But if it's just a Teclovesson Dash format, I would. I'm kind of lower on it. That's fair. I feel like I've been. We'll, we'll talk about it when we get to our Max episode. I feel like I've been making some progress on Max. I'm. I was feeling pretty down about the hero, and recently I'm like, maybe there's something there. I'm starting to have like some ideas of what the Max deck looks like. I do think it's the hardest of the three to draft and get into, though. Yeah, I agree. Make a lot of hyper drivers. That's, that's all I know now. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyways, um, that's gonna wrap us up for now. If you want to get in touch with us, you can either. Uh, comment on our recent YouTube videos um, or reach out to us on social me- media. Jay is at J on Twitter and I'm at Yukili Bender. Um, you can also email us directly if you have questions uh, and send those emails to onthebubble at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you about your experiences drafting Bright Lights and in your upcoming ProQuest if you end up playing them and doing well or not. Um, either way, we'd love to hear about it. And uh, until next time, thanks for listening and have a good rest of your day. Good night, everyone. Mm-hmm.